Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Harbor's podcast, The Perfect Storm. I'm Matt Webster, and today I have with me Michael DeCock. You're Mike. I've always called you Mike, right? Michael's okay. That's what my wife calls me. Yeah, my mom calls me Matthew when she's mad at me. Uh, So Mike is with me for a third time. Uh, Mike is the CEO of MJD Advisors. They're an audit firm, um, and they do a lot of good work. And we've worked together on a a number of clients. and as I said, Mike, this is his third visit, um, which is he's been here the most. And I think it it really speaks volumes to um, what I've been tapping into in his expertise and 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 how the market is kind of addressed SOC 2. Um, being a SOC 2 expert and a uh, and an auditor himself, um, and Mike, you can do all this yourself. You can tell us all about you. But uh, I think... Uh, because we're hearing so much talk of SOC 2. Um, just want to be make sure that you know everyone is is super clear on, on what SOC 2 really is. Um, if you remember, um, we started uh, with episode one of kind of the SOC 2 um, um, trilogy, let's say, um, talking about how to get started, what it is, what the differences between um, SOC 1 and SOC 2 and type 1 and type 2. Um, and then in episode two, we went into more of the process of, of going through the audit. And here in episode three, I'm not going to call it the final chapter. This is not the Lord of the Rings. Um, it, it could be more like Star Wars where we just keep on going. Um, we are going to talk about what to look for in a type or a SOC 2 report. So as I was telling Mike, uh, as we got this, got this going, um, we've heard from a lot of clients uh, like, Okay, I'm, I'm looking at my my vendors or my service providers report. What am I looking for? So, Mike, thank you again for joining for a third time um, and and helping uh, our listeners uh, better understand the world of SOC two. So, welcome and I hope you had a good summer. Uh, I have had a wonderful summer. Uh, excited to be back. I don't know if I'm more excited to be back the third time or just the. We've worked together as your auditor, and you still want to have me around. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> yeah, so that that actually is a, a, a huge thing to say, right? I'm, I still want to talk to the auditor. That's right. I it's I will often say it. You know, forty percent of my clients maybe really enjoy have fun doing engagements. Another forty kind of tolerate it, and twenty percent still kind of hate me. So um, I think that's right. pretty good numbers for yeah. That's firm. that's probably pretty good. That's probably pretty good. I, I will yeah. say that um, when I start to really nerd out on cyber stuff and security stuff, um, I can see some of my clients gloss over, and I, I'm sure you can see you see the oh. same thing. 
Um, but a couple of them say that they didn't, you know, give a rat's took us about security prior to talking to me. And when I get so excited about it, it gets them excited. So um, maybe that comes across a little bit in your audit stuff too. So anyhow, again, thanks again for joining. I asked you back to talk a little bit of uh, what to look for um, in these reports. So just for like to level set the conversation, we're going to focus on SOC 2. um, But why don't we talk about the difference between a type one and type two report and what what they really mean, those two reports. Yeah, so it kind of, maybe maybe just like the general kind of project timeline of most of the work I do uh, as you're kind of getting into this SOC 2 journey, uh, as, as it's often called, or, or the SOC 2 experience. I mean, you're, you're going through a, a readiness exercise. Most of the time, my clients are doing the things that, you know, they say they're doing, they're doing the right things. They have these controls in place, but they're putting a little more formal uh, they're documenting things a little further. They're taking inventory and really kind of highlighting here are the key aspects of what we're doing instead of just reacting and doing things kind of randomly. Um, so then you'll go into a type one examination, which is you're, you're writing a system description. You're describing kind of your people, process, technologies, all aspects of your system that would be of use to your customers. Uh, and then an auditor is providing an opinion to say, you know, I've I've done inquiry, I've done observation, I've done inspection, and all these controls are in place uh, or provide reasonable assurance that all these controls are in place as of this day, as of you know today's date, date of issuance. Um, what clients really you know are generally looking for, want to see is that type two report, which it's the same information in type one, still gives you all those details about the system, allows you to kind of make your evaluation, your risk management conversation we're about to have. Uh, but what's different in a type two is the auditor saying over a period of time, I did some audit work to be able to say these controls were operating effectively. So you're you're able to demonstrate that not only are they you know in place, but you were tested and and passed to be able to to demonstrate you were operating these controls over a period of time. So the the most simplistic way to look at it, I think you you kind of said this is one point in time, the others over a period of time, right? Yeah. One's is so the the type one. It's not just looking that you have the capability to do these things that you're out. You are actually doing them, but not over a period of time. That's so. I think there's some confusion there at times that it's not really a measurement of of um, whether you're doing it or not. I don't know the right way to describe it because it's so if you're doing let's say you you commit to doing monthly vulnerability scanning and you're doing a point in, and you have a policy that says you'll do monthly vulnerability scanning you're just looking that there was a there was a vulnerability scan done in a at at some point or maybe in the last month or whatever it might be right um versus if you're doing monthly and you're you're doing a 12 month or a 3 month or whatever you're going to look that 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 vulnerability scan is happening every month right Correct. Absolutely. And there's a there's kind of a, a weird balance to if you're adopting this for the first time and it's never operated, but it's right. in a policy. Can you describe it? And like, are you doing that? And it, some things, yes. Other things, no. I, I mean, having all your employees approve policies, that probably needs to happen before you issue a type one report or having them do their security training or there's certain kind of you know, written policies and things that have to be done. But other things, it's, yeah, if this is in a policy, like your disaster recovery, 
um, or incident response. Like hopefully that hasn't operated recently. Right, Those right. controls around that, but it's able to say, okay, this is what we're going to do uh, when that when that happens. Oh, but with that said, we like to test these controls, even though that we don't get to operate them in the real world, whether it be incident response through a tabletop or DR through some DR exercise. But that's that's me nerding out a little bit. So anyhow, so type one point in time, type two over period of time, for lack of a better way, for simplistic sake. Yeah. So the 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 report the reports don't carry the same weight as you said. Type one is good, but a type two is better. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's accurate. That's definitely how it's viewed in the marketplace. I think type one kind of gets a bad rap, frankly, uh, especially as you have these short period type twos that have become very common. We're only operating for three months. Um, you know, the level of demonstration, the level of assurance you're providing is it's not all that different than a type one. But what that type one does do is it gives you a just nice deliverable. Um, to let someone do a, a risk analysis, a, a vendor assessment of you beyond just fill out this checklist. They're able to really see what you're doing and you've had an auditor that validated it. Right. So which brings us to our first checkpoint, let's say, of what you should be looking for in a type two report is that monitoring period, that observation period, right? How, how long this organization that you're asking you know, about their controls and how they, how they uh, handle security, how long did the auditor come in and take a look at what they did? And there's a, there's a, to your point, it's, it's easier to do something for three months than it is for, for 12 months. I mean, once you've adopted it, you kind of got it ingrained, but, but the mm -hmm. point is, is that there, the 12 month review um, does carry a little bit more weight, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think um, there's a lot of theories out there. And I commented, you know, that I do a lot of three month scope periods for that first sure. report. Um, it's and, and some people will tell you, no, you need six months, which there are customers out in the marketplace. I've seen it in bank contracts where they said we want a six month SOC two type two that we don't we don't value the, the three month, which that's fine. But to me, what, you know, the majority of customers out there in the marketplace, they want to see progress. And what better way to demonstrate progress than getting that initial type two out on the street in front of them, allowing them to comment. Um, and then, yeah, what, what you traditionally generally do, what the service is designed to do is then you get into a 12 month uh, recurring cycle um, where you're able to kind of produce a report to continue to say, yes, we, we are operating these controls. Right. Okay. Um, so just to, again, because I, I like to make sure I'm keeping my head straight. We know the difference between a type one and type two when you're reviewing a report. Type one is literally a point in time. Type two is over a period of time, even though that period of time may range anywhere from three months to 12 months. And there's some value in, in both sides of that, especially when you're reviewing the, the type two, the SOC two type two of a new company. Um, and we have just worked on one of these together of a, of a relatively new uh, financial service or fintech company. Um, they they want to get something uh, on the street as on the street as quickly as possible about you know expressing all the hard work that they or somebody validating all the hard work that they're doing and have put in to to to, to become SOC two compliant so to speak or get it attested to um, the uh, 
the 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 type two three month monitoring period or scope period is okay in that sense, right? Because it makes sense. It's better to to measure the controls and allow people to know it. Or so the way that I talk about this is that there's a couple different things to think about, and that there's probably 15 pages that describe this in the AICPA guides. But the way right. to just kind of distill it and simplify it is. Will this report provide value to a user of that report? Will will they be able to make a uh, an accurate you know decision about the the security um, of compliance of this organization? If that's three weeks and we put type two on it, that's probably going to be misleading. Um, but a, a, a vast majority of the market has kind of gone to that three months as. Um, you know, kind of the minimum, but I've also heard, I, I heard a client that did it one month. It wasn't my firm, but there was a very specific situation where the customer agreed to look at a one month type two, that's what they wanted to see. And so they were able to produce that report. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So something to consider when you're looking at the report, and this is not if you're having one done, this is if you're observing somebody else's or reading somebody else's and what to look for and what to be concerned with. Just just keep in mind that the observation period, the scope period, has bearing. It's not necessarily that one's better than the other. I mean, we can talk about that mm-hmm. until we're blue in the face. But just be aware that that's the scoping period is is an important aspect of what's being measured, what's being reviewed, what's being uh, observed. The other is um, if it's a if it's a it's a if it's a company or service organization that um and these are the things that i like to focus on that's why i'm i'm saying it not just asking you um would be if they're a multi-product vendor let's say that the 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 product that's being scoped is one that you actually care about or it's or it's a service that you're actually receiving sometimes people will look on a vendor's website grab their sock 2 report say i'm good to go because i have their sock 2 report but not read it and see that it's you know it's a SOC 2 for product A or service B and not the service that you or product that you actually have in place. Is that, I mean, that's definitely something that you need to be aware of, correct? I am so glad you said that because that's what I should have highlighted in the prep. And I was thinking about um, that that is really critical, especially as you have this, you know, I have a client that's a, a holding, a software holding company, and we're only auditing three of the four products. Right. And I, I put, I, you know, we we collaborated and worked together on this, but I wanted to make sure that we were very clear this specific service is not covered. Um, and they need to be very clear with their sales team um, that that specific service is not covered. Because you can imagine how anxious, but you've got a pending deal on the on the table. They ask for SOC 2, it flies out the door if you don't put some controls on that. So yeah, it's a really critical aspect of your review. Right. And, th- and that's, that's, that's highlighted in the, you know, kind of the preamble of the document, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the, I can't, I can't think of a report where it wasn't, where there wasn't an introductory paragraph types of services provided um, that, that should pretty explicitly call out here are the services. And, and if it's, you know, a multi-service company, it should also it probably reference, this is what's not included um, if it's unclear. Right, right. right. And it, if it isn't clear, then you should you should gain some clarity before you just re, you know just assume that SOC two type two applies to the service or product that you're interested in. 
Absolutely. And I think that's like the key thing that's really important to hammer as we talk about what to do with the SOC 2 report. It is ask questions. Uh, I've been doing this by myself for a year as MJD for a year. I haven't gotten feedback from a single client's customer, um, which is good, but it would kind of be validating to hear, oh, we wish you'd test something this way or is this included or why is this presented this way? But but I don't get that feedback. But yeah, if something's unclear, ask the question. especially as a customer, you're in a position to get those answers. So what, what else would you, you recommend that people look at? Uh, most important, well, one of the, certainly one of the most important things is to read the opinion. Um, sure. It, there, and it's, I actually, I had a conversation with somebody about this the other day. There's, a, there's some kind of some technical knowledge to be able to decipher what that information is telling you, but um, there's kind of the standard unmodified opinion. There's an adverse opinion, which that's a really big deal. That means you should kind of ignore the report altogether because the auditor is saying it's not accurate and it's misleading. Uh, or there's a modification of the opinion, which means there was a pretty significant exception uh, in the operation of the controls that you're going to need to evaluate and get a little more clarity. You being the you being the customer of that that vendor of that yes. company. Yeah. So tell tell me those again. There's the just the opinion, and then there's which means you have to understand what I'm saying. But it's but overall things are in good shape. I'm giving an opinion. You know. It is, yes. the The auditor's section of the report is, is I think it's three pages, and basically what it's saying is I it, I provided reasonable assurance because you know it's not absolute. Right. That the information in this report is accurate is basically what it's saying, and that would be what you general or what you want to see is an unmodified opinion um, that everything is clean, and if there is a modification, that means something went wrong, and the two different types of modifications are either a um, well a, a qualified opinion, which is where the, over one trust services criteria or one control objective, something went wrong and you're gonna wanna dig further into that. Or there's an adverse opinion, which basically say like, this is misleading. This is a misleading report, which, and even that's kind of a theoretical concept because most clients just wouldn't issue a report that's adverse. Right. (laughs) I mean, that sounds, that sounds, it's like saying this report's a bunch of hooey you know, it's, it's not worth the paper that it's printed on kind of thing. Right. You, you know what though, Matt, this right. is what's, you can issue an adverse opinion and still gain access to the AICPA logo to put that on your website, which okay. again, gets to this conversation about why it's important to review the report. Uh, <laughs> boy, I tell you what, that, that, and it's, I don't know that I've ever read one with an adverse opinion, so I can't imagine seeing it, but it makes sense if you can still get access to that that seal of approval, so to speak. Um, that that little that little uh, logo GIF is worth a lot of uh, a lot of shekels. Let's say it's and, and I I don't think many if many if any people are actually doing that because um, you're going to get you should you should get questions of let me see this thing and you're not going to want to show it to people if it's an adverse. So I I don't think that's happening, but it does get to the importance of reading this document. All right, so. Read the opinion, you know, as one of the most important things of, of when reviewing this, uh, reviewing a SOC 2 type 2. Understand what type of opinions being granted or given. You know, a non-modified means, you know, great, move forward without any reservations, so to speak. 
a modified opinion means there's something to consider. Um, and when you qualify it, or it's called a qualified opinion, I think you said, right? Um, you're shaking your head on the Zoom, but are you, are you saying yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, when, when you qualify at saying there's kind of a specific problem that took place, right? There's an exception, a control that didn't operate, you know, right? You didn't have a S3 bucket encrypted for a month. Um, right. if it's and, ad, if it's adverse, that that means it's a misleading report, right? So, if we're talking qualified, but that doesn't just because it's a qualified opinion doesn't mean you should run and hide necessarily, right? Because then you go look and see what the exception was, what the finding was that 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 added that qualification to the uh, to your report, correct? Because it could be it could be oh they had a breakdown in their you know their encryption uh, using your example and something was misconfigured for a month and the S three bucket, but the eleven other eleven months it was perfectly encrypted and everything was working without any problems. That might be okay for you to say you being the customer. Okay, I'll, I'll give them a break on that. Understanding that there was a there was a problem, but they addressed it and, and overcame it, right? Yeah, yeah. And the opinion calls out it, it's it's a this is an unmodified opinion except for this issue. So you're still saying everything else was happening. Everything else is clean. Right. Just this it. one specific thing I want to highlight as the auditor. And and in those qualifications, it's it's usually pretty specific, right? It calls it out at the trust services criteria uh, of of everything except CC eight point one. You know, if there is a change management issue, right? Um, so that then you can dig into the back uh, where where all the controls and and exceptions are presented to understand what the issue was. Uh, right, and for those that didn't listen to episodes one and two, the trust services are security. Confidentiality, availability, processing integrity, and privacy. Right, and you can a vendor that's going through a SOC two process decides what trust services they want, except that everybody gets security. Right. Correct. There's right. The, the common criteria. It's called that right. Exactly. The foundation of security. Exactly. Okay, so we know that we need to be concerned with the opinion. We know we need to be concerned with what type of report it is. We know we need to be concerned with, if it is a type two, what the observation period was, what the scope period was. What else do we need to be concerned with? So what's- Oh, we also, sorry. We also need mm -hmm. to be concerned with the scope of mm -hmm. the report itself, what service or product it, it is uh, representing to uh, to cover. So so go, getting, going, getting beyond the scope of making sure you're looking at the right report um, what's and, and the reason that's important is because of the flexibility of the service um, that you can scope it to be something very specific. It, that applies to controls as well. There's not a specific list of controls that you have to meet to be SOC 2 compliant. It's, it's driven by what commitments you've made to your customers. And so the, the next place I would go to, there should be a section that describes service commitments and system requirements. And that to me, uh, the, the clients that I work with, the, the suggestion I always make is like highlight the big ticket items that are showing up in your contracts or you're putting out on your website because you're able to say the, these are the most important controls as we see it. These are then described in the report somewhere else and then subject to the audit. Um, right. So that's kind of the big. And if, if there's something there that 
you want done. We talked about penetration testing before this. Right, call. right. If you're not seeing penetration testing there and you need it to happen, I, that that should probably be indicated as a service commitment. Right. And that 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 applies in a couple of different ways. Um, and I'm going to confuse this, I think. But you and I talked about it in the five minutes we got ready before we jumped on the Zoom or jumped on before we hit record. Um, there's that as the the vendor going through the SOC tube, like making sure that that you're meeting, you're scoping and, and including the things that you're committing yourself to, to your partners or your clients, right? And then there's the, the kind of the outside looking in of that, let's say Harbor Technology Group has engaged company X to handle some aspect of our business, like hold our client data. I need to make sure that if I'm reading their SOC 2, that lines up with the commitments I'm making to my clients if it applies. So if I say that I will always encrypt my client's data and I'm handing my data to some third party, just because you've handed it to a third party doesn't doesn't get you off the hook for meeting your contractual requirements. You still need to... to to make sure that's happening with data, even when it's shipped off to some service. And that's where you'd want to make sure that's in the SOC 2 as something that's being observed, right? Yeah. And I that's that's my favorite example, because if you're if you're looking at a SOC 2 and they don't have data encrypted at rest, well, maybe you encrypt it before you send it to them um, mm -hmm. so that you're still able to meet um, your commitments to, to how the how the data is being handled. And so it's you know, the first thing is, yeah, review it, identify an issue, and then what controls do you need to put in place for any areas that are lacking uh, is still an opportunity. Okay, that makes sense. So type of report, scope, 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 like scope period, uh, the services being scoped, the opinion, um, what else should we be concerned with? Um, so I, that's, I, I, I mean, that's, and kind of the way that my reports generally read is like there's this introductory paragraph that's really that's that's describing all those things. It's scoping out. And uh, let me just say for of, everyone listening, I've read Mike's reports. They're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it's it's like complimenting a piece of art to me. Um, I think it's great. Well, that's another thing, Matt. I don't get, ever get any feedback on it. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Nobody ever goes like, wow. This is really well written, so I appreciate that. Um, so I think um, it, it, it varies. It, it, again, it's, it's what, is, it, what are the most important aspects to your business and what is kind of the unique um, category, you know, the unique controls that you're focused on. Um, and, and that report should really go in depth as to the things that you're concerned about would is, is how I think about what I'm presenting to my customer. And so, so it's going to vary. I, what, what I, it, you know, I work with a lot of SaaS clients that are using other SaaS businesses. Right. And, um, you know, it's a lot of the things that we've kind of talked about. I, I guess the other, the other area that, that I would tend to look at is, is what, as we talk about like downstream, what, what vendors, what tools is, is this company using? Um, you know, are, usually you're seeing they're using an AWS GCP or like yeah, that's becoming incredibly common with, with all the, how, how popular public cloud is, but maybe they have on-prem systems. 
right. then it becomes okay like that there's a there's a bigger risk there uh if they're managing that themselves uh or a cloud provider you've never heard of uh of, of digging into that um are they using uh, a managed service provider uh and and what sort of controls are they outsourcing um to that company and so right. I, I think there 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 is a there's a bit of an art to writing these and an art to reading them, but but it, you know reading every individual word is probably not realistic if you're doing you know 20 of these or however many. But but being able to kind of highlight the specific areas uh, that are that are most important to you, that's uh, right. You will make the most effective use of your time. Yeah, and as as a CISO for for clients, I, I certainly when I look at them, um, there's there's you know controls that are more and this shifts over time, of course. There's controls that are more important to me because the threats have changed. What we're seeing in the industry has changed, that type of stuff. Um, so I definitely, I change kind of my, my reading habits, let's say, uh, based on what's happening in the, in the industry. Um, and that's the, uh, either fortunately or unfortunately, a little bit of being a, uh, you know, having a little bit more experience in the field but you know, if you're a CEO or a CIO and are not not necessarily a, a security knob like myself, um, you, you should focus on those things that we talked about at the outset, right? That the 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 type of report, uh, what's being scoped, how, what's the scope period, and um, what's what's the opinion look like? Are there are there findings based on that opinion? And if there are findings, you know, are are they are they deal killers, so to speak? Um, yeah. Are they just too big of an issue to get over? Yeah, and I, I think a couple other thoughts. Um, complementary user entity controls are, re are, are really important. What those are is it's describing um, your responsibilities as a customer to you know, maintaining security. And so it's things like how you're right. properly configuring your tools. A lot of it's kind of you know, common information um, you know, you're maintaining confidential confidentiality of usernames, passwords, things like that. But sometimes you'll see a surprise in there. Uh, right. We expect you to do this and, and you have to implement that control to, to properly use this service. Um, the other that I was going to touch on, um, well, I, I think it's just the overall readability of a report of um, it, it, is, it, is this report demonstrating they really put effort into this process? Uh, right. It's something you can you can glean a lot of information from. And, you know, as we were talking about the opinion, the other thing I should have touched on is who is the auditor? Uh, and are you able to look that firm up? Are they subject to peer review? Uh, is this a big four CPA firm? Is this a, a niche boutique firm like me? Is this uh, mid-regional? I, I mean, those those types of things, there is information out on, on these CPA firms and, and kind of thinking about the profile that you want uh, for a key vendor. Right. And I, I'm going to say something that I, I hope doesn't, uh, uh, you know, make you uncomfortable, let's say. Like you said, you're a niche-based firm and you might not necessarily write a report for um, a giant hospital because it's not your niche. It's not your niche. You, it's not where you focus. It's not your expertise. But startups and fintechs, all day long, and that should be a consideration when somebody's reading the report. That's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I was a CPA firm of one um, for a, for a length of time, and they would ask, I'd, get, I'd have prospects ask, like, what is my customer gonna think that I had this one guy 
uh, audit and they're not seeing, you know, KPMG, PwC, those really great large firms. And what I tell them is like, if they go to my website, they will see this is all I do. This is right. what, I, and, and because I'm very specific and niche, I have the opportunity to be the best, whether or not I am the best, I certainly it's there. And, and, and that's, you know, the, the majority, the overwhelming majority of my clients are, are in this space. Um, right. And, and so I, I, I strongly believe that size is not a, a driver of quality um, and, and, and customer experience and all those things. But, and these are also like, the other thing I, I'd say is like, if your customer has a problem, connect me because I'd love to have a conversation uh, with a customer about what kind right. of risks are and, and I can uh, tailor my procedures to the, that. For sure, for sure. That's the feedback that you were looking for. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I think I think this is super helpful. I really do. I mean, I, honestly, it 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 really because um, as I said at the outset, I've I've thought about this and been asked this a lot by our clients. Like, what I should what what should I be looking for? And you know, this is makes it a lot more clear. So I, I really appreciate the time. Um, with that being said, this is your third time. So obviously, you're 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 on your you know how this is going to go. You need to give me a, a place on the water you like to go. You've given me a few or a couple. I mean, think back to when you were a kid or something. Um, just, or, may, or maybe it's the, you know, the local park and you like to sit by the water um, with your wife, whatever it might be. I just had a, a, a moment of panic um, that, that washed over me, um, that I was unprepared. And I want to give something interesting. I don't want to give something boring. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I talk about putting you on the spot. Well, I should know better. Um, I, I, I should have been a little smarter. I, I tell you what, and this is <laughs> this. Is, well, I guess this is a national podcast, so people won't realize. But I, I one one of my favorite places to go, and I don't know why this just came to me, but. Uh, is Iowa City, Iowa? Right is on. is Kinnick Stadium? Uh, is is really being in any sort of a football venue? Now I know this isn't water, but um, <laughs> in terms of fun places to go and and relaxing and, and just kind of getting the goosebumps going, like I'm excited for football season. There you uh, go. There you go. Was, was tough for for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I they, love it. They won and they they scored seven points the hard way with two safeties and a field goal. Um, <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. It was That's five, amazing. It was what it was five to three. Uh, and, and he got a safety in the last <laughs> towards the end of the game. I mean, it's like and a baseball game <laughs> and, and a relatively low scoring one at that. <laughs> and, and what's also crazy is it's not the first time it's happened. Like, I think they want to, I think it was four to three, not too right. long ago that Iowa won a game. I, I mean, they've, they've had these two safety type games for the offense is just awful. Uh, but defense played amazing, there, so. amazing. Well, um, funny enough, I think uh, my daughter and I we're going to go to Columbus. Um, we live in New Jersey, but we're going to go to Columbus uh, to see a hockey game. But that morning um, or early afternoon, uh, Iowa is in Columbus playing. So um, hopefully, the tidal wave using the water theme of Ohio State will wash over the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, judging by last week and both, I think Ohio State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me started. Um, 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a modified opinion about their 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 prospects this season. <laughs> oh man, I you should maybe cut that. Right. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I appreciate it. Um, we'll be talking soon. Uh, I know, uh, but again, I really do appreciate the time. Yeah, pleasure. This is fun. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 